Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations, and we hope and pray that in joining us, you'll gain insight, wisdom, maybe even the courage you need to have these conversations with your own kids. So we had this brilliant idea a couple of episodes ago to do a series on the Beatitudes because we were trying to cover all the Beatitudes in one episode. (laughs) As usual, we ran out of time. So we're going to break them down and do uh, one at a time. And you are blessed to be listening to the very first installment of our Beatitudes series. Um, In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1717, I quote, the Beatitudes are the paradoxical promises that sustain hope in the midst of tribulations. And I just love that quote. That is so exactly what the Beatitudes are. They seem to be so paradoxical, but they are what sustain us and give us hope and uh, make the trials of our lives um, manageable, right? Uh, So today, as I said, we are looking at the first Beatitude, which is, I'll give you a second to recall it in case you want to quiz yourself. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we have with us today two of our very wonderful friends returning um, for another episode of Raising Saints. So tell me your name and where you go to school. Uh, I'm Mai, and I go to Dublin, Jerome. I'm Zach, and I go on Tangi. And Mai and Zach have both been here before, so they are professionals. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> um, we're so used, so blessed are the poor in spirit. We are so used to poverty, meaning that we have nothing, we inherit nothing, we lack what we need. We want what we don't have, et cetera. But as the Catechism points out, the Beatitudes outline the paradoxical promises of Christ. So in this case, the promise is that the poor inherit everything. Um, And poverty in this sense refers to a total reliance on God. We have nothing but that which is provided by God. And the poor in spirit are willing to recognize this and put complete trust in God. So my first question for you guys, Mai and Zach, is in general, do teenagers even feel the need to rely completely on God? No. You don't think so? No. No. I think that there's so much um, to comfort you just in this world, um, whether it's just through like social media, friends, um, relationships you have with people, to where people don't see the need to rely on God and to lean on God and their problems when they have everything else to rely on. Plus, it it tends to be a generation where, you know, there's kind of what Zach was saying. There's so many things out there that might comfort you, but at the same time, people don't really question it. People start fading away from what it is to incorporate your religion, your faith, everything in the way you live, and they just kind of put it on the side. So it's like, I don't have to really deal with this. I, I can do it by myself. Plus, we also feel like, I don't know, this tends to happen with a lot of young people, that they're on top of the world, that nothing is going to happen to them, that they are in control of everything that's you know that, that's coming towards them and not really. So. so when we talk about relying on God, what do you think we're talking about? Like relying on God for what? I think it's just relying on God for assistance in the times that you need it, not basically like to where you're not doing anything about the situation, but where you need some help. Um, 
not totally putting it on God and doing the, I don't have to deal with this myself. Right. I'm just going to sit here you. and let God handle this. <laughs> <laughs> like Which sometimes we actually down. do need to do, but yeah. <laughs> not always God, the just put all the knowledge in my head. I didn't do any studying whatsoever for this test. Exactly. Just let me get a good grade. Yes, yes. And when I fail, I'm going to shake my fist at God. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, Zach and my, do you rely on God? Would you say? Yeah, yeah, I I think I don't know. And now that we mentioned a little bit of this like school situation, there is so many times where there is so much that we have on our heads. You know, whether you do well on these grades, whether you you know you have a test, you have all these responsibilities, all these things, and you get to a point where like you find yourself like being very very stressed. Uh, I don't know. Like sometimes it's nice to take a moment and say, all right, you know, put things in perspective because there is a bigger purpose. There's a reason why you're doing all this and just take some time to pray. Are you able to do that? I do. And I try to make it a good habit because I am a person whose name is probably the synonym of stress. Uh, I really, (laughs) (laughs) I am a very overcomplicated person, but um, I stress about the littlest things. And and sometimes I, I really do need to take some time and say, all right, calm down. You know, it's, it's not that it's not a big deal, but really, God, just give me the peace so that I can do my best, so that I can do what it's meant for me to for, for me to be doing. Zach, you don't strike me as a stressed <laughs> out kind of guy. No, I typically don't stress out about a lot of things, <laughs> but when I do stress out, I stress out hardcore. Oh, okay. <laughs> you go big or go home. Yeah. Okay, I got you. So to a no stress or a lot of stress for me, there's really no in between. So. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, people are like tiptoeing around you. Let's see where Zach is today emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, do you are you able to rely on God? Um, I am able to rely on God a lot of times. There's been times where I just feel so stressed to where um, I feel like I'm completely being ignored by God. Um, and then just something random will happen throughout my day to where I realize, no, that's not what's going on. I just need to go through suffering. That way I can see the good things that God has planned for me. Oh, that is the best segue I could have ever hoped for. <laughs> because... As you can imagine, I have a list. I love lists. Um, Jennifer Fulweiler, she is a prominent Catholic speaker, writer, I would say theologian. She is a former atheist who had this dramatic conversion to Catholicism. And she blogged, um, she, she has a blog, and one of her blog entries was the seven traits of people who put their complete trust in God. And I thought that was appropriate for this beatitude. Remember, we're talking about blessed are the poor in spirit, Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So people who are willing to abandon everything to God recognize that what they need is is God, you know, and recognizing that they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. So the first thing that Jennifer Fulweiler says, the first trait, she says, people who put their complete trust in God is, is she said they accept suffering, which is what you were just saying, Zach. Some <laughs> days you can say, okay, I have to suffer through this day. Um so I was going to ask, do you accept suffering? But you already clearly admitted yeah. <laughs> that you do. My, do you accept suffering? I think so. I I think that sometimes you know it's hard to say. I I don't want to deal with any of this. I just why can it just be easy? But you know that there's a reason why it's happening, and it's it's nice to think about. You know, God is letting you bend a little, but He's not going to let you break. He's He's really going to help you through it. So. Oh my gosh, I need to be in your presence more because I am terrible at suffering. <laughs> Terrible. I'm trying. I'm trying to be more graceful, but I like to be comfortable. (laughs) Um, How have you experienced suffering in your own life? Like, you don't have to, you know, tell personal details, but sort of in 
generalities or teenagers in general? What what causes suffering? Um, I think suffering for a teenager, a lot of it, once you think back about it, it's really not that bad. <laughs> okay, It just seems like the end of the world when it happens. 90% of the time, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there is genuine, there is loss, there is right. despair, there is, yeah. It, but I think a lot of it's just um, overreaction about it to where it's not that hard to deal with it once you put everything in perspective. Um, but for days when it really is hard, I think you do need a lot of um, help to get through it. Okay. You need a good support system for that matter. I'm thinking of a good example. This is something that I saw my brother go through, something that I went through, something that my sister, you know, goes through. Uh, And it's kind of like that friend situation, that awkward stage. I guess sometimes it's like middle school, beginning of high school kind of thing where, you know, you feel like you just don't fit in with your own friends. You feel like you don't, you know, you don't go out with your friends enough or like they don't listen to what you're saying kind of idea, like where you just feel lonely, you just feel kind of out of place. And um, I've recently seen that. Uh, around my house a little bit and I don't know I think it's good to see something that I thought about when it happened to me was thinking all right you know this is this is a way for me to strengthen what I believe in for 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 me to you know reflect a little bit on it and say are you how are you acting around other people are you is this because you're driving them away or is this just because it's just supposed to happen and it feels like the most horrible thing that could happen to you oh my goodness I don't have friends that is not true there's you know there's so many people that will actually pull through uh, when you're doing the right things when you're being the kind of person that you want other people for you to be so. have you ever felt like that Zach oh my goodness I have no friends yeah I, I, <laughs> I wonder if there's anyone in the world who hasn't felt like that yeah exactly. other than that girl from Mean Girls who like, <laughs> requires that people be your friends. <laughs> um, do, does suffering increase, for you personally, does suffering increase or decrease your trust in God, do you think? For me, I think it increases because sometimes it's it's a way to remind me, hey, it's bigger than you. You Stop, you know, get out of your own head. There is someone up there that, you know, needs you to remember he's there that, that needs you to put a little bit of time into other people. That's something that helps me a lot when I'm going through something that is really tough for me. I'm saying, you know, don't, you know, you. I want to be understood, but then I try to make an effort to understand someone else. So all the things that I think I need, I try to do them for someone else. And that usually gives me a little bit of faith. It's a good way for me that, I mean, that's my personal experience, but um, something to remember that, you know, God is president. He gives you the strength and that you do have the strength to get through those things. Do you guys know anyone who, suffers with grace and joy and complete surrender like have you ever encountered anybody like that sometimes i think we don't know if we're encountering people like that because they're not complaining about their suffering yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think that's it i do remember um joe melendrez when he came to saint john newman everything that happened he was just like praise be a god like praise be a god for this and that whether it was something good or something yeah and i just thought that was really cool just and I could tell, like, it was just him. Like, it was just him being him. Right. And, and it's a genuine response. Yeah. 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 I think for me, and this, I mean, I don't, I'm not really sure if she goes to a Catholic school or not. I think she does. But this is a girl I met through golf uh, through my high school season. And she's one of those people, like, I saw it on the golf course, but I saw that it was who she was. And it was all about being always grateful about what she had and saying, it's okay. You know, it's... It was about shot, for example, but like not focused on the golf part, but really saying, but I'm grateful that I'm here, that I get the chance to play. She would like focus on all the other like great things around that. Did that, that drive I'm like, her coach How? crazy? I, I'm not <laughs> really her coach sure. Like, no, 
It's, <laughs> I'm not it's really not okay. sure, but I mean, she is a phenomenal player. Wow. Uh, she she's playing college golf soon, so I'm I'm really excited for her. And it's I don't know, it's one of those things that gives you genuine pleasure to see that is awesome that she's what doing a great so witness. great. You know, yeah. like, and it's something that remind that I get reminded of when I play, and I try to remember her. And it's w- one of those people that make a great impact. And I don't know if it has to do with any religion whatsoever, if that's what she goes by or not, but. It, it's definitely an example of it that that sticks in my mind. Cool. We're talking about the seven traits of people who put their complete trust in God. This was blogged by Jennifer Fulweiler. Um, and the second trait is they accept the inevitability of death. And I was thinking, my you alluded to this earlier. Teenagers don't really think about death. Not <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you guys are both like, no, never. No, don't, I don't think, think about so. it. No. Do teenagers fear death? Um, I think when the situation gets a little out of control, like, you know, there's so, we hear about so many different accidents and so many, you know, these things that tag teenagers as irresponsible. And that's when you all get like the quick. So hit. there are kind of moments of, ooh, I should there. not text I, and drive or I yeah. should, you know, whatever. Idea, yeah. yeah. That you think about it. But I don't know if we're constantly. I, I No, I don't think anyone, any teenager really thinks about or puts in perspective what it how close it could actually be and i think that also goes back to what i mentioned before about feeling like you're on top of the world like you can do it all by yourself that you know there's nothing but you that your human reasoning can figure it out all what what do you think about that zach yeah i really don't think that teenagers think about it it's just not it just seems so far off to where you're like, right now, I'm a teenager, and you don't die till you're like 80 or something. <laughs> okay, so, so let me so ask you this, off. because I know for like older people, people who are sort of nearing the end of their life and contemplating, hmm, how have I lived my life and where do I want to go? That's a, that's a huge motivator for faith, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the promise of heaven is a huge motivator for devout faith. So for you guys, you guys are both very devout. What is your, if, if you don't contemplate death and its inevitability, what motivates you, Zach, what motivates you to stay so connected to Christ and to your faith? Um, for me, it's just been, that's when I found myself happiest. Um, so it all started like back in the eighth grade when um, I just came to this thing and I was just welcomed and I found out how welcoming the youth group was um, and that it's just a great group of people to be by um, who will just build you up for everything. Um, so that's when I really started to go. And I just found myself being really happy there um, in everyone's presence. Um, so I just kept on going. And now. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. The third trait of, uh, according to Jennifer Fulweiler, the third trait of people who um, completely put their trust in God. Is that how she said it? People who put their complete trust in God. Yes. Is that they have daily appointments with God. And Mayu talked about this earlier, just about remembering to stop in the midst of stress or in the midst of whatever and and have a conversation with God. So how does daily prayer make a difference in your ability to trust God? Not just not just in general in your relationship with God, but specifically in regard to your ability to trust God. Does that daily prayer boost that i think it gives you a good sense of fulfillment i mean you feel like he's closer a lot of 
I don't know. A lot of things that I hear with, you know, among teenagers is, oh, why God? I, I don't even feel like he's here or like he's close. I think daily prayer or just the most random, like, I think people, when when they think of daily prayer, they think, oh, I need to sit down and pray for like these amount of hours. Not really. Like I do the littlest things from walking between one class to the other. I'm like... I have 30 seconds. I can pray a Hail Mary if I want to. Like, and I better if I want to get safely through this hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think about it that way, but like I'm, I'm one of those people that like needs to have their time filled with something. Like, yes. I like doing stuff. And that finding, might be why you're stressed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know. I, I have a lot of things on my plate. I realize that. But I, for me, you know, in kind of alluding back to the, the question that you asked Zach about why God, why, why keep doing it? And I think it's that sense of fulfillment. It's knowing that you get closer to God, that he's filling your life, that is really making you happy. I think it's that daily prayer for me, it gives me the strength to say, I can stand up for what I believe in, for who I am, for the values, and hopefully be an inspiration for someone else. And I think that's what drives me to say, I want to keep growing in my faith because it's something that I know I am never, I might never fully understand, but it's something that I'm constantly learning about, constantly searching to just get better at. And those little things, you know, it also, it's almost like a game. It's kind of nice to think, what am I going to do with prayer today? Yeah. <laughs> what can I do different? I don't know. Some of those little things. And it's just, it gives you peace. It, it's something that I really can't explain until you you make a habit or you try it a couple of times. It's something that just gives you a sense of peace that and I don't get anywhere else. That points back to exactly what we're talking about today. We're in the, we're in episode one of our Beatitude series. You're listening to Raising Saints on AM820. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here with Zach and Mai. And we're talking about the first beatitude, which is blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, and the fact that this poverty refers to total reliance on God. We have nothing uh, except for what is provided by God. We need nothing except for what is provided by God. And I just a- asked Zach and Mai why their faith is so important to them, why they make their faith central to their lives. And they both said just for the joy, you know, it's not, it's not about status. It's not about wealth. It's not about, you know, it's not about any of these earthly things. It's simply about the joy and the peace that comes from God, which is that spiritual poverty. You know, I need nothing more than I need that, that joy and that peace. So um, we're going through a list of the seven things, according to Jennifer Fulweiler, the seven things that, um, people who the seven traits of people who totally rely on God, and we're on number four, which is another one of my um, weaknesses. In prayer, they listen more than they talk. <laughs> yeah. I think I probably give God a headache sometimes. <laughs> um, but li- in listening, they know what they're supposed to be praying for and about. Um, so, have have you ever had an experience in which you heard God speak to you in prayer? Maybe not the big booming voice, but clarity. Yeah, I had um, a really awesome um, encounter with prayer over um, this thing I did over the summer. It's called Lead. Um, it was through Franciscan University, and it was a week-long thing. And they hit on prayer really hard. And 30 minutes a day, you would do Lexio Divina, and you would just read and then listen, and you would just meditate on it. And that was really cool for me. Um, was it hard for you at first? At first it was. Uh-huh. It was just like, all right, 30 minutes, like, it's just dragging on and on and on. But then what am as I supposed you got, to be listening for? Right. Yeah, and then uh-huh. as I got towards the end of the week, it was just like, I need more time. Just because. <laughs> Were you surprised by that? Yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised because the 30 minutes like flew by. I was like, wait, I'm not done yet. 
So I was late it, to a few things. When you talk to other teenagers who had the same experience at Lead, did they did they say the same thing? Like yeah. at first it was yeah. I don't think like my you were talking about how I always have to be doing something. I always like a, a, teenagers and adults. We feel like that. Like okay, I'm not going to just sit here and do nothing. That's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it, that's ne- the important thing to do. And I get called out by my youth minister all the time about my who needs to sit down and listen, <laughs> like listen. <laughs> so I think I'm guilty of the you know talking thing as yeah. well. Uh, for me, I have a personal experience, and this happened actually all, a couple years ago. I was still in Mexico before I moved here, and. We went, my mom and I went to uh, the church that we usually go to. I can't really remember why. We just went in the middle of the week, like after school or something like that. And we spent probably about an hour or so there. And I just sat there and prayed. And and I was probably like, I want to say like fifth, sixth grade, something like that. So it was a while back. But I remember I just sat there and I cried because I cry when I pray because I don't know. It just, it's a good sense. I don't know. Anyways, uh, and I just sat there and I tried listening and obviously I did, you know, my usual talking. But then as I was walking out, there's this big like um, marble statue of Jesus. And there used to be like a rose on one of the hands. And I remember one of the things that was frustrating me towards the end was that I felt like I couldn't hear anything, that I wasn't getting any answers that I wasn't receiving that piece that I got at the beginning. And when I walked out this, like as just as I was walking out the door, I passed the statue and the, like the rose fell off and I had to stop and pick it up and put it back in Jesus hand. And I remember just what it was to stay there for like, I think I probably stood there for about 10 minutes and I thought it was like 30 seconds and just look and just listen. I had never felt that peace. Hmm. And that was just, for me, so a beginning Jesus literally of had to drop something in front of you to get you to stop and I, listen. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it never has, it hasn't happened ever since. Like nothing like that drastic. But yeah. I, I think it was a good call of attention for me to say, all right, stop and stop looking so hard. It's right there. Just try to listen. Just take some time to get out of your own head and, you know, let God do his thing. Kind of going, uh, which leads me to number five, they limit distractions. Um, So that's sort of playing off what you guys are talking about. Like sometimes we can't sit and be still because we're distracted. And uh, like I always tell my teenagers, Laudate is a great app, you know, for daily readings, (laughs) but don't. But use your Bible for daily readings. Don't use your phone. Because if you have your phone in front of you and you're doing daily readings, does this happen to you guys? If it buzzes or if it beeps, you are suddenly no longer doing your daily readings. You're like answering a text or checking out yeah. your Instagram <laughs> notification. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's really easy to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really, I mean, it's so easy to, okay, I'm not going to carry my Bible in with me. I've got my phone right here. I'll just do my, but it's so easy to get distracted. So I, I think, think it's just making a conscious effort that sometimes you really need to stop and think about it. It's, yeah. it's a good skill. It's something that allows you, you know, when when there comes that time in your life where you have something that is really a really grave situation and it's something that's stressing you out and that is, you know, turning your world upside down. It gives you the ability to say, I know God is here and I can take some time and look at him and say, all right, please help me and not do anything about it. And forever since the beginning of time, we haven't had the distractions that we have in this generation. We've had other distractions, but people have been able to overcome distraction for prayer. I always remember that too. Like, no, you can pray without your phone. You can read your Bible without your phone. <laughs> people have done it before you. Uh, number six is they dis- they submit their discernment to others. Who are the Zach? Who are the spiritual guides in your life? Um, 
Father Dave is definitely Father a Dave big Father Dave Sizemore at St. Yeah. John Newman. Yeah. He, he's really great. Yeah. Um, him, just Tina Birch. Um, Tina Birch, minister, your youth minister. St. John Newman. Yeah. Um, they're just all really great, and they um, just guide me on the right path, let me do, know what I'm doing right, and correct me if I'm doing something wrong. Um, so that's, it's really great to have that accountability. That's such love. To correct you when you're doing something wrong, yeah. too. Not to just talk about you behind your back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which we do, you know? We're so willing to, like, correct people's mistakes, not to their faces. Mm-hmm. I think that also goes when you're being so critical on yourself. Yes. I think sometimes you need that spiritual guide to say, all right, yeah, I'm your spiritual butt kicker. That's yes. how Pam calls it. <laughs> um, Pam Hyle that, that kind youth of minister at St. Bridget. Accountability yeah. partner situation. Yeah. But it's also, you know, people that remind you, you are good enough like you are and you just need to take some time and really let God in. Don't don't close your door so quickly. Uh, the last item on Jennifer Fulweiler's list of traits of people who rely completely on God is they offer the Lord their complete unhesitating obedience. What? <laughs> <laughs> who does that? <laughs> like without hesitating. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Like, um, Zach, I'm reminded of when you're talking about Joe Melendrez, just mm-hmm. every his reaction, to everything is what a blessing or, you know, yeah. thank you, Lord. Or, or the people who say, anytime they say, I'm going to do this, 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 they say, God willing. Like, you know, just like people who at the very forefront of their minds all the time is god's will for their lives that is impressive i think that's something that we all need to <laughs> yeah. cultivate and that's that's hard to do but again I, for me you know that that's something that it's always great to strive for something that you're thinking about that it's that you know you can do better and that just gives you that joy to say all right god i'm gonna try to serve you today this way and try to put you in front of everything i do and by the time you look at it you realize oh wait he's a lot more present in my life than i thought he was and that's an awesome feeling to have We are going to wrap up with prayer. I just want to thank both of you, Zach and Mai, for being here again today um, for our first installment of our Beatitude series. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So let's close in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for um, filling our lives with everything we need. We ask you, Lord, to help us put our complete trust and reliance in you. Help us to remember that you You do give us everything we need, Lord. You provide for all of our needs. You care for us. You're looking out for us. You love us. You're watching over us. You created us for a specific purpose. And we just ask that we spend our days, spend our time discerning that purpose and discerning your will in our lives. And we ask this in your name, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM 820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. This-